Five o'clock in Pirate Country and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Very uplifting song, Ben, on a Monday. I love it. That can only mean one thing. There's a little cult following. Who is this? This is Smith. Yeah, very cultish in a way. This, this is this is Ryan's type of yeah. stuff. Ryan Winter, DJ Squirrelbot. One of our all-star uh, interns is back for a second internship. He's pulled the Xavier Johnson. So nice he did it twice. Let's hope it goes better than Xavier's second semester went last year. Uh, not that Xavier did anything wrong, but... We blame him for the pandemic. We could. That's Ben Byram across the way. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. I let you down. I didn't have it ready. Say, caught you snoozing. Uh, Patrick Johnson with you. A little double dip today. Split shift is what we call it in the business, kids. Uh, talk at the town earlier here now for the drive home on 94.3 The Game. Great to be with you. I'm very excited about what we've got to announce for tomorrow. And we're going to get into all the football. Uh, tough news for Joe Dooley. COVID diagnosis. Hope uh, coach is okay. Joe Dooley show coming up at 6 o'clock tonight. So over the weekend, Ben, both Conley and Rose won their respective volleyball matches in the third round, right? I saw that. Of the state playoffs. Yeah. Four out of the six, I think it was, Pitt County School. No, five out of the six Pitt County Schools made it to the playoffs, right? For volleyball. That's right. You know, we we often hear, and rightfully so, uh, what a great baseball area Greenville is, and it is. Uh, It's had some softball tradition at times. Conley's won some state titles. Uh, there has been a really good basketball tradition. I, I, I think Pitt County sometimes gets short shrift with its basketball tradition. Because you look at the great Bob Murphy over at Aiden Grifton, winning uh, championships back in the day. North Pitt has been to the title game. They won a girls basketball championship. South Central won a girls championship and a boys championship. Farmville Central, right? Uh, football, very good football in Pitt County. And all schools have had uh, moments where they've had really great teams. We're kind of seeing that in a little bit in recent years with uh, Conley and, and South Central, but state championship caliber teams, state championship winning teams for that matter. But one of the areas I think um, when, when you talk about that level of sports in this area that does not get enough credit and people are maybe taking notice, the volleyball, right? I mean, this has become an enormous uh, sport at that club level yeah, like and at the high said, school. Five schools got into the playoffs. Yeah. I think four of them advanced. So, I mean, yeah, you, you yeah. Can't, can't just ignore it. So, and the high school and club level and, and beach volleyball, I mean, it's a huge sport here. And that's great. Well, Conley and Rose have advanced to the Eastern Regional Finals, the 3A Finals. I mean, these are two big rivals playing one another. 
And you you said it's so twice so nice they did it twice. Well, this is this is the uh, three match is what they're dubbing it. Trilogy and guess what? To end it all. Yeah, really, it is because the winner goes to the state championship. End all, be all. Guess guess what, Ben? What's up? What's going on? We're bringing the game to everybody tomorrow because of COVID. There's a limited amount of folks that will be able to go into the the gym at Conley. Twenty five, right? Right. So we will have on, uh, I believe, 103.7 WTIB's uh, streaming page on Facebook, a live stream of video there. We will share that and have that on the 94.3, the game page. And uh, we're going to be bringing the audio of said broadcast to you live tomorrow at 6 o'clock. So I'll be out at Conley's Viking Gym tomorrow, kind of a a lead-in. We'll talk to both the coaches. Uh, we'll talk with uh, Caroline Kuhn, who now plays volleyball at Wake Forest, former Rose player. Sam Dunn, former Conley and ECU volleyball player, will also be with us. She's going to call the action with me. I hope her back's in good shape. She's got to carry me tomorrow, Ben. But uh, very excited to announce that tomorrow. We'll have that for you. It's brought to you by Bear Crop Science, Bill Jenkins at Town Benefits, Dr. Bill Taft at Greenville OBGYN, Chick-fil-A of Winterville. I wonder if they'll cater it for us. Boy, that'd be great. Orthopedics East, Chico's Mexican Restaurant. Hope they'll cater it for us. And Josh May at OnQ Financial. We appreciate their uh, support. And there's still plenty of room for more sponsors. So contact us here at the station if you want to be a part of this broadcast tomorrow night in what is essentially the state semifinal matchup. Uh, Hank at IBXmedia.com, right, Hank uh, Hinton? And get on board if you want to support. I mean, this is very exclusive tomorrow because only few a few people will be there in person, and we'll be bringing it to you on video and on audio. Are you tripping? That's a that is we're not tripping. That is a a, a simulcast, and I'm very excited about it personally. Woo! It's gonna be fun. So we're looking forward to that uh, tomorrow. And thanks to those great sponsors. I'll read them again. Bear Crop Science, Bill Jenkins, my good friend at Town Benefits, Dr. Bill Taft at Greenville OBGYN, Chick-fil-A of Winterville, Orthopedics East, Chico's Mexican Restaurant, Josh May at OnQ Financial. And again, more room uh, for plenty more room for sponsors. Hank at IBXmedia.com. Get involved in that. All right. Uh, well, Ben, I went four and on my picks for uh, football. I was one weekend. Off. Oh. You went three and one. You went with the Aints. Yeah, I did, which is like uncharacteristic. Like I would never do that in any other situation. Sure, but uh, just the darn Aints. Aints let here, me down again. Here is my uh, what I would call uh, arm check armchair quarterback Monday Monday afternoon picks. Now I'm going. Although I've started to reconsider this, but. I'm going Tampa Bay Buffalo. I think the road team, the roadies win in both instances. At least that's what I'm thinking right now. It's probably going to end up being uh, Buffalo and Green Bay. Yeah, because I mean, either Green one Bay would looked be awesome. really, really good. No, it'd be great. Green Bay looked really, really good on against a great defense. Looked really, really good on offense. I don't know. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Tampa Bay Buffalo. No, I'm going to go Green Bay Buffalo. Green Bay okay. Buffalo. Well. So, I was on the Adam Gold Show Friday, 
And one of the questions was asked was which of the quarterbacks that were remaining uh, in what was then the the Elite Eight had the most pressure on them. It's not Aaron Rodgers. And they let Graham go first. Josh Graham, who is a uh, IBX Media alum, 94.3 The Game alum. And he says Aaron Rodgers. And he goes on with all the reasons. why. And, I mean, I, I don't disagree with Josh in that it is set up for Aaron Rodgers to get to the Super Bowl this year. But then here comes my guy, Tom Terrific, because I felt like Brady had the most pressure on him. I, Brady I, would, has I would agree. A, Brady has a legacy. Brady's legacy could very easily have been tarnished yesterday had he had a Drew Brees-like game. Doesn't matter that they beat a really stinky Washington team in the first round. Had they lost yesterday, the narrative of Tom Brady being done would have totally been would have totally been what you're hearing about today. Well, to further add to that, I mean, the few shortcomings that Tom Brady has had, it's always been put on the Patriots organization. Now he goes down to Tampa Bay, and everything's catered to Tom Brady, including getting, like we, we talked about earlier, the 2016 All-Pro team on offense. <laughs> I mean, you, you, it's Super Bowl or bust for that team. Otherwise, I would well, consider it a failure. That that's the that was my point as well, Ben. Exactly. I mean, that this makes is, perfect sense to me. Instead of Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's already the MVP. Is, I mean, everyone kind of agrees that he's a Hall of Famer, despite a lot of shortcomings and only having one Super Bowl. They had not won a game in the postseason in Tampa since the, their Super Bowl win. They had not been to the playoffs in 13 years. This is a one to two year project, and they're putting all their eggs in the Brady basket. Now they could have gone and gotten. I wouldn't say any quarterback because I, I don't think – I think what they needed was Brady's winning moxie. I think what they – I mean, you could get any quarterback that maybe their skill set is equal to that of Brady right now, but you don't have all that experience. You don't have all of that uh, know-how to Le- win. Leadership. Bra- yeah, Brady didn't make any mistakes yesterday. Now, look, Drew Brees knew what he was trying to do. Drew Brees knew what he needed to do. He just, it's not there anymore for him physically. And, and I do think this, and we were talking a little bit because Deshaun Watson, that is really heated up now. The Panthers, along with the Jets and Miami, are considered the three leading suitors. Let me say that again. The Jets, ugh, Miami, who's a team on the come, and the Panthers, who, boy, you talk about an organization that needs to get its act together. You get Deshaun Watson, that to me would be a perfect situation. And, and I'm not so unsure that the Panthers are not in a position to to get Deshaun Watson. The the real the smart money seems to be on the on the two others as far as serious consideration. The Jets, because of New York, you do have Sam Darnold that you could use as a bargaining chip. That's apparently what the Texans covet. Uh, you certainly have. Tua down in Miami that could be a, a bargaining chip, a young up-and-coming quarterback. But, Ben, there's certain things you say, and I sort of think to myself, where did he come from, Come up with that? <laughs> you said something brilliant before the show. What did I say this time? The Panthers' bargaining chip to maybe get Deshaun Watson. I actually love the idea. And okay. the money seems to match up. Who's the who, What's the Panthers' bargaining chip in this? It's, it could be a quarterback. You could maybe include Bridgewater in this. I don't think they they would take Bridgewater just because of the money aspect of it. I don't think necessarily the play, which definitely is a factor, but the money, that's way too much for Bridgewater. 
Go back, Ben, to what your bargaining chip was going to be for the Panthers. Do you even remember what you said? Christian McCaffrey. At first, I thought to myself, Ben, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. But then I got to thinking about it. That's a bargaining chip. That's a dynamic bargaining chip. Easily probably the best running back out there right now. He's worth a lot of money, but you paid Watson a lot of money, so that I would think essentially it will cancel each other out when it comes comes to cap space. You have the, about the same amount you had when you had Watson, I would think. Yeah. And just throw Teddy Bridgewater in for good measure. Yeah, throw, but the, even if you throw don't. the first-round draft pick in there probably. <laughs> I mean, Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to take draft picks. It's going to take oh, draft yeah. picks. But they seem to want a quarterback. My point being, this would be a great time to – to, for the Panthers to make such a bold move. You've got a new GM. I understand there's a plan that Matt Rule has in his mind, but what a chance to make a truly bold move and springboard yourself in the division that is no longer going to have Breeze if it does for one more year. You don't have the fourth best quarterback year after year in the division. Exactly. Yeah. Brady is probably not gone this year, but certainly I think next year would be it, wouldn't you? At least in Tampa. I would think so, yeah. For sure. And then, obviously, you know, what they're doing down in Atlanta is a total rebuild. Yep. That is a total rebuild. You can get a you can get a jump start, head start here and kind of rule that division for a while. Exactly. And the way you do that is you deal Christian McCaffrey uh, for uh, Deshaun Watson. And the further that argument, if you're the Texans, when you think about why I bring Christian McCaffrey to the Texans, you can run your whole offense – despite not having any pieces on that offense. Let me tell you, they ain't got a lot of pieces on that offense. You can run your whole offense through McCaffrey and have a very solid, formidable offense just on that one player alone because you don't know if you're going to have your quarterback. You don't know if you're going to have any other pieces. McCaffrey's the guy to get that offense rolling. Is it worth an eighth round or the eighth overall pick? To get Watson? Yeah, I think it is. I think it so. seems like yeah, it's no a doubt. lot to get. Now, it goes back to something we talked about all year with uh, Jim Zoki. You and I have talked about it. This is a Panthers offensive line. You you think they're a little better than they are. I just think they're terrible. Now, they were banged up, and the health is a big issue. But I just, to me, you've got to get that offensive line situation oh, shored yeah. up. They need to regardless get of who the Regardless of who the quarterback is. Regardless of who the quarterback is, you've got to get that, that shored up. Uh, and uh, we'll see what ends up happening with Kansas City. Um, Patrick Mahomes' mama was wanting the player to be suspended. Gave her baby a concussion. So, uh, did you see that? Yeah. I did not. I did see where Mahomes was fumbling through the uh, stairs to get to the locker room. Oh, boy, that was, that was, that was scary, rough. wasn't it? That was rough. That was scary. You know, I, I was telling you. I was the game was on, but I kindly got kind of got settled in around the right in that series when that series started. And they're running an option, and I'm thinking to myself, why are they running this option? And then Mahomes keeps it, and I'm thinking to myself, why is he keeping it? Yeah, and he gets hurt. You just don't do you don't to me you don't run your quarterback unless you absolutely have to, and that was not a situation where you absolutely had to. Andy uh, Reid and mis- Sean Payton making very questionable calls so far in the playoffs this year. It's I don't know. It's kind of surprising. All right. Uh, Joe Dooley's show coming up tonight. Coach was diagnosed with uh, COVID based on PCR testing. Uh, we've also got Cliff Godwin later in the show. He'll join us bottom of the hour. Uh, coach on the season ahead. 
Uh, and again, in case you just missed the big announcement, we will have for you on uh, the WTIB Facebook Live stream tomorrow, plus audio here on 94.3 The Game. And uh, we'll, we'll connect and share the WTIB page on our Facebook page, on our Twitter, but you can watch Rose and Conley tomorrow night. Uh, that game for the chance to go to the 3A state championship game. Rose and Conley meeting for a third time this year. Conference rivals, crosstown rivals. Coverage tomorrow brought to you by Bear Crop Science, Bill Jenkins at Town Benefits, Dr. Bill Taft at Greenville OBGYN, Chick-fil-A of Winterville, Orthopedics East, Chico's Mexican Restaurant, and Josh May at OnQ Financial. And again, we have uh, spots available for more great community sponsors. Hank at IBXmedia.com is where you can uh, go or just uh, call the radio station. We'll get you set up. All right. Uh, timeout. Come back. Quick pirate report and uh, more when we return. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Tomorrow, we will be a month away from the road to Omaha beginning for the Pirates, in case you missed it. Where you been? They released the schedule on Friday. Cliff Godwin, bottom of the hour to talk more about that. Uh, first of uh, frequent visits, I'm sure, with uh, Coach Godwin this year here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Other Pirate Report news and nuggets. Uh, Joe Dooley, it was announced uh, over the weekend, has tested positive for COVID-19. It was confirmed with a PCR test. Uh, Coach is reportedly doing well. Uh, and uh, has uh, mild to no symptoms. Uh, Joe Dooley radio show is set for tonight at 6 o'clock. I, I presume Coach will be uh, joining him if he's physically uh, able to uh, as far as uh, his health and uh, probably will be doing so remotely, my guess would be. Uh, over the weekend, Pete Thamel with Yahoo Sports, the first to report that ECU is hiring Tim Doust as its defensive end outside linebacking coach. Uh, he spent the last couple of seasons at Sam Houston State, was a Western uh, was Western Michigan's defensive coordinator, also spent time at Syracuse. So uh, that hire being announced over the weekend by Yahoo Sports. And uh, the women's team losing their game on Saturday to Houston, 66-56, to the final there. Uh, this is uh, Coach Kim McNeil uh, talking about the loss to the, uh, the Houston Cougars. All right, Ben, let me know when we got that, uh, but we'll have that uh, for you, Coach uh, McNeil, talking about uh, the Pirates' defeat. Okay, here it is, uh, the reaction to the loss to Houston. We knew they were going to be aggressive and get into passing lanes and really pressure the ball and try to do some run and jump. Um, I thought we were ready for it. But um, we, we, we came out very hesitant and um, got really, really back on our heels and allowed them to dictate the whole first half and what we do offensively as far as um, not allowing us to run our stuff. So we got very um, frazzled. You know, we couldn't get into anything. And this is Coach McNeil's takeaways uh, from the game against the Cougars Cup 3. Yeah, I mean, you know, I told the kids in the locker room, like, I know they can do it. Like, I know they can. I've seen us do it. You know, when we were on that four-game winning streak, we were really clicking. We were clicking together. And right now it seems like we're having possessions where there's three people on the same page and there's two people that's not. Or there's four people on the same page or one person that's not. And it's not like I'm asking them to do anything that I haven't seen them do, do before. So we got to figure out you know, how to get back to really playing together, really playing selfless basketball, um, and, and, and get back on a, on a, on a winning, on a winning note. Uh, and, uh, that 
winning streak that the Pirates had seems like uh, ages ago right now, uh, and uh, they will play again Wednesday at Tulsa. That's the schedule plan right now. Ben, I'm going to steal one more thing from your update to make it uh, maybe non-Pirate, but that is uh, them's the breaks, as they say in the business. Uh, senior right side Bree Wood, tab preseason All-American Athletic Conference. Uh, that announcement made by the league this afternoon. Wood earned all-conference honors in 2019 with the selection to the AAC second team. So uh, the Pirate Volleyball team getting ready to fire things up. We'll be starting to hear from some of the coaches in these various sports uh, coming up uh, as well. And uh, speaking of coaches, Cliff Godwin uh, set to join us uh, at or close to the bottom of the hour. That is today's uh, Pirate Report. Uh, NC State and Virginia. This is uh, a game that has been postponed. It was set to take place Wednesday. Virginia embarrassed Clemson over the weekend. And uh, now the Wake-UNC basketball game has moved up. Oh, and then, Ben, I don't know if you had this or not. I'm not trying to scoop your heat. But uh, some interesting – we talked about this a little bit last week. Neither Duke nor UNC are ranked in the latest uh, AP Top 25 poll. saw that. I saw that. And if you just want to throw it in there, Kentucky. <laughs> well, I, I got that in a second. You're scooping my heat. Oh, sorry. Uh, that's yeah, all right. one December, back on you. You have to go all the way to December 27th, 1982, the last time that Duke or UNC were, were not ranked. One of them has been ranked in over 700 straight polls. Many times it's been both of them. The average price of a gallon of gas on December 27th, 1982, $1.22. Michael Jordan was still at UNC. Michael Jackson's Thriller was just released. Uh, Ronald Reagan was the president, and E.T. was number one at the box office. That's how long ago that was. Now, I don't have some neato facts about what was going on back in 1961, but December 18, 1961 was the last time that Duke, UNC, and Kentucky were not ranked in the AP poll. That is the case this week. All right, Kansas, do your thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're okay. I think Kansas is going to be all right. But uh, yeah, the thing is, I mean, and UNC, look, Florida State's a great team. But they played Florida State tough this weekend. They did. They, they played did. perfectly, but they played them tough. And, and, I mean, I'm looking at Duke's losses, and I don't think there's anything that just stands out as wildly, you know, like, oh, my gosh. I mean, they've lost to a couple ranked teams at home. Uh, they've won some close games. They, they And look, Virginia Tech's a good team. Mike Young's a hell of a coach. So, all right, uh, we got a uh, Ben, real quick update here. Then Cliff Godwin, bottom of the hour, uh, will join us uh, here. Here's Ben with an update on everything else going on in the world of sports. Take it away, buddy. Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barham here for 94.3 The Game Sports Update from Pirate Women's Volleyball. ECU senior right side Bree Wood has been named to the preseason All-AAC team. Locally in high school volleyball, Crosstown rivals D.H. Conley and G.H. Rose advanced in the NCHSAA 3A bracket to the Final Four. They will meet at Hollywood Crossroads tomorrow for the Eastern Conference Championship. That game can be heard right here on 94.3 The Game with our very own Patrick Johnson tomorrow at 6.15. From Pirate Football, ECU has announced Tim Douse is the new defensive end and offensive outside linebacker coach. He spent the last two seasons at Sam Houston State and was Western Michigan's D.C. Before that, he worked as the special teams coordinator at Syracuse from 2011 to 2015. Elsewhere in college football, Tennessee Fires head coach Jeremy Pruitt fresh off of a mega extension after investigations over potential recruiting violations. Alabama assistant Charles Huff has been hired as Marshall's new head coach. Duke Blue Devils AD Kevin White will step down for retirement in August 
after 13 years, while Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields, Ohio State running back Trey Sermon, Clemson running back Travis Etienne have declared for the NFL draft. And from the NFL, the Los Angeles Chargers hire Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley as their new head coach. The Detroit Lions are expected to hire New Orleans Saints assistant head coach Dan Campbell as their new head coach. And the Titans OC Arthur Smith has been hired as the Atlanta Falcons new head coach. While the Bills offensive coordinator Brian DeBowell will remain in Buffalo another season. Meanwhile, the Texans are in the light are light trade talks with the Jets and the Dolphins as they look to reluctantly trade quarterback Deshaun Watson. Ian Rappaport has reported that the Panthers are also in talks for the star quarterback. For your 94 through the game sports update, I'm Ben Byram. Greenville's top sports show is back. Well, isn't that special? The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Uh, nice sunshine the next few days and temps in the uh, 50s, 54 for tomorrow, 49 uh, Wednesday, and then 54 Thursday. Uh, and it's looking that way through the rest of the week. I'm not seeing any rain in the forecast uh, for Greenville coming up, so that's uh, a good thing. Lots of sunshine, but chilly. Uh, we're a little more than a month away from uh, the Pirates Road to Omaha. Beginning the ECU baseball schedule was released uh, Friday. Lots to talk about there and uh, with the uh, season ahead. Cliff Godwin visiting us here, first time in uh, 2021 on the Patrick Johnson Show. Coach, always great to uh, talk to you. Thanks for taking a few minutes with us here. Hope you're well. Doing great, Patrick. Thanks for having me, and uh, look forward to catching up. Yeah, lots to talk about here. Uh, schedule came out. How I know there's some of those dates that uh, are kind of scheduled out into the future, uh, ever how many seasons ahead, but how much of the scheduling was a little bit of a, uh, a musical chairs or just placing the right opponent in, in the right date in this era of COVID? I don't know if you could place the right opponent on the right day. But <laughs> definitely, it, it was way too much to deal with and to yeah. worry about that. Uh, most of the te- teams that are scheduled, we had on the schedule. The unique thing is that, you know, with the conference coming out with no midweek games between the conference schedule, you know, we lost some teams. And we had NC State scheduled home-and-home uh, home midweek. Mm-hmm. So they both fell in in the conference schedule. So, um, you know, Coach Elliott, Avent, he was awesome. Um, I know our fans have given him a hard time over the years. But <laughs> right. he has, uh, you know, been really good to work with um, just over the past year trying to get the East Carolina-NC State series back. And, look, once we get through COVID, we'll – be back playing him. Um, he's agreed to that, and I really appreciate that because I think it's great for baseball in the state of North Carolina. But of course, there were some tweaks here and there, Patrick. But at the end of the day, we got 56 games scheduled. Of course, as we know, as you see basketball, yeah. um, there's going to be different changes as we get closer, probably with um, COVID clusters and all that good stuff. But as of right now, we're really excited about the schedule and. 
Look, our guys are just working hard to get ready for February 19th. No, we're all looking forward to the uh, 21 baseball season uh, after 2020 for everybody uh, came to a, uh, a far too soon uh, end with everything. Uh, lots to cover here with Cliff Godwin. He joins us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, you, you, I want to just go back to the NC State thing. You, you talked about Elliot Avett and some of the uh, ECU fans giving him a hard time. I think a lot of opposition fans like to give Elliot Avett a, a hard time, but he's uh, always been great to us. Uh, w- w- could you go a little further into that? I mean, w- w- you kind of cleared it up there, but you know, it, it, it's it's a because t- the schedule is done. You know, a couple seasons in advance in some cases, and the things have to be shored up. But th- this isn't a case of anybody not wanting to play everybody. It's just a case of being able to work things out where it's beneficial for both programs. Yeah, it's a look. It's a musical chair kind of deal. And when we're um, not in the ACC and we're playing Carolina midweek, we're playing State midweek, we're playing Duke midweek in a normal year. Um, and then they're playing a lot of the same opponents that we play from a UNC Wilmington or a Campbell or an Elon. It's just it's hard to get everybody scheduled in with yeah. around their conference schedule. So, uh, but Elliot, uh, like I said, him and I um, have spoken a lot over the past few months about a lot of different things. <laughs> right. What the ACC was going to do versus the American, and he was, you know, really. Uh, helpful. Um, we were trying to work it out. We just couldn't do it with the way his schedule was set up. And, and like I said, we were scheduled to play. And if we'd have had our normal schedule, we would have played them home and home in the midweek in our conference schedule. Coach, what are um, uh, what are the challenges of four conference games in three days? Well, you just <laughs> you talk about uh, you know running a sprint, but at the same time, it's a marathon. It's just crammed into. Um, you know, four games in three days, it will look a lot like what you saw us had to go through when we won the regional. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just one weekend. I mean, that that's every weekend starting with conference play. Wow. Yeah. So the, the thing that we have going for us is you'll be able to get them off their feet a little bit the, the beginning part of each week because you're not playing a midweek game. So it would be really difficult if you had a midweek game, then you were trying to play four games. So, uh, but Look, it is what it is. Our guys are just excited to play baseball. Um, that's what we have prepared for. Um, I'll go ahead and answer the question that you'll ask at some point in time, probably about the fans. I have no idea about the right. fans. Yeah. My call, that's the governor of North Carolina's call and what he thinks is, is safe, uh, whether we agree with that or not. And our kids are prepared to play without fans. That's what we have prepared for because we know that um, – COVID has changed everybody's life, and our kids just want to play. If yeah. the Dodgers roll down, we'd probably get beat, but we still play them because we're just ready to play baseball. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Uh, Coach Cliff Godwin uh, with us uh, here, uh, and what Coach was referring to there is, you know, for football in the stadiums across the state, uh, the governor had, uh, allowed 7% capacity or 100, I think, whatever the number uh, was. Uh, and, uh, you know, that that equates to a certain amount of fans, and I'm sure there there's a great plan in place for social distancing if fans are allowed in uh, at that 7% threshold, not only at Clark LeClaire, but anywhere uh, where there will be uh, baseball played, uh, hopefully starting next month. Uh, so we'll see. And I, I would guess, and again, this is not Coach saying this, this is me. I'm just I'm guessing that, uh, you know, if, if things start to improve, uh, 
maybe we'll see those numbers change by the end of the season, but we'll see. Uh, but but nothing official on that yet, and I'm sure those questions will be answered in the coming days. The uh, LeClaire Classic is always a great event that we look forward to uh, each year. Uh, Appalachian State is uh, coming in that weekend, so there's a little bit of a change in that uh, normal format. Uh, but, uh, you know, a, a, a couple programs, again, that have some connections with one another, uh, ECU and App State playing one another, and uh, that's kind of how that worked out, I guess. Well, they're in-state, so we actually had Long Beach State and Ohio State coming right. in as well. Mm-hmm. And just with COVID, um, that didn't work out, and we understand that. Hopefully we can get them back down here at some point in time. But App State being in-state, um, they were still able to come. And, look, we're still going to call it the Keith LeClaire Classic, and it's just going to be two teams. And the team that wins uh, two out of three <laughs> – We'll take home the trophy. <laughs> so something to play for there. That's uh, coming up in early March. The Pirate Baseball season uh, starting February 19th. Three games set against uh, Rhode Island scheduled for Clark LeClaire Stadium as uh, Pirate Baseball will get uh, things going. The schedule just released on uh, Friday. On Thursday, there was the uh, uh, note from the university that there was a COVID cluster within the uh, program. Uh, currently, I know there's only so much you could say about that. Uh, is is that uh, what what can you say as far as uh, contact tracing, isolation uh, of players, et cetera? At this point, well, first off, when I hear the word cluster, I think that there's a hundred people that are infected. So we need to define what a cluster is, and a cluster is five or more people. So that's what a cluster is for everybody out there that maybe doesn't know how it's defined. Um, so that means that we've got guys that have tested positive. Um, we had guys that tested positive in the fall. We actually have a lot of guys that have antibodies within our program, mm-hmm. which that is not released by the media. But as of right now, the guys that do have it, they have had mild symptoms, and they're following the proper protocols. And once they get cleared, they'll have a six-day return to play, and then they'll be back on the field. So this is – something that every sport that is playing has to deal with and of course we will have to deal with it although baseball is considered moderate risk compared to basketball or football just from the closeness and the contact that you have in football and basketball one on so i feel like our guys will be able to monitor monitor this on the field probably better than basketball and football right uh, what does that do to you know any of your preseason work right now? Uh, is that completely halted or just halted for the people involved? No, it's just halted for the people involved. I mean, our, our medical staff, uh, Zach Womack, uh, you know, Dr. Armin, uh, everyone who is dealing with the contact tracing, I mean, they do a good job of making sure that anybody that was in close contact is not allowed up here. But um, like I said, we have a lot of guys that have antibodies. Um, in their system already. Uh, Cliff Godwin joining us here. Patrick Johnson Show. Great to talk to Coach. We'll be uh, talking to him frequently over the next several months. We always look forward to those conversations. Pirate Baseball getting uh, getting started, I should say, a month uh, from uh, tomorrow, uh, right around the corner uh, with uh, ECU Baseball in Rhode Island in the opening uh, three-game set. Uh, And uh, all the games here on 94.3, the game throughout the uh, season. Uh, Coach, are you guys up to the multiple tests per week where are you as far as you know testing for the program right now well we're, we're getting testing a lot uh, tested a lot just returning back to campus and then with some of the guys testing positive so we've been tested a lot and it is what it is uh, our guys would probably agree to be tested every day if that's what they said just because we want to play baseball but 
uh, it will um, follow the American um, testing protocols once we um, get closer to the season and everyone we play will have to meet those minimum standards uh, that the American has. Well, was there a vetting uh, to see how similar, of course, the ACC has uh, testing standards that are, are right there with the Americans uh, in many ways uh, as far as a conference standard, but but some of the other uh, opponents, was there a little bit of vetting that kind of had to go on uh, in order to keep people on the schedule to, to see if their testing was up to snuff with what the American's doing? We just had to call each opponent and make sure they were up to standard and told them what the Americans' uh, testing looked like. And, uh, you know, they'll get a, a letter, a document sent to the administration of the school they're playing, that we're playing, and they'll sign it and say, hey, we did this testing protocol, and here we are in Greenville, or vice versa if we're going to uh, another opponent's site. Cliff Godwin uh, joining us uh, here. Uh, we, we've talked to a couple of coaches uh, about this at various times in the fall with Coach Houston, uh, a little bit with Coach Dooley and uh, and Coach McNeil here recently. But we're about to have students, um, I shouldn't even say come back to campus, they're on campus, but with cl- classes starting students on campus. What are your concerns with, uh, I, I guess, somewhat of a bubble or at least a situation where there weren't uh, you know, a, a general population of students on campus now sort of intermingling with, with guys on the baseball team. How are you handling that? Well, we're just trying to keep a tight bubble. I thought our guys did a really good job in the fall. You know, we had uh, a little bit of pause at the very beginning of the semester when guys were just getting back to campus. And then once we had that couple of weeks, we went full go for the entire fall semester. So I thought our guys did a really good job. Now, you go home for Christmas, getting back in the holidays, I think, it's just it is what it is uh, i'm yeah. sure some of the guys did let their guard down a little bit as far as um maybe who they were hanging around with over christmas and look at the end of the day as much as i sit up here and tell them um that we got to keep a bubble I, I would say the majority of 18 to 22 year olds are not scared of it because everyone that i have been associated with which has been quite a few has had mild flu-like symptoms so um, they they need to be careful who they're passing to, but they, it doesn't fear doesn't provide fear to them. So, but we have uh, you know hammered home now, getting closer to the season, that you've got to know what the person that you're going to hang out with, whether that be your girlfriend or whoever, who they've been around, and do they have antibodies? All that gets you. It's almost like you got to have a interview with the person that you're going to hang around because, um, you know, it just takes one person to um, really tremendously affect what we have going on here. Yeah. Um, so we just have to be careful and do what we can. As you know, um, you can do all that stuff right and still probably contract the virus. Well, and and, and not even necessarily it's, it, it, the contracting the virus is a tough thing, but the contact tracing is, a, is uh, an even more frustrating thing for coaches, I'm sure. Uh, especially if they have players maybe testing negative. And then uh, there's the whole, you, you can't control what your opponent is, uh, you know, is doing. And I'm sure everybody's, you know, trying to do, as you say, keep the tight bubble. But, uh, I mean, there could be a situation, somebody's about to board the bus or the plane, and uh, and, and this doesn't end up happening. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of what we're facing uh, this year. With that in mind, especially uh, in the, uh, you know, look at the way the conference is set up what is the conference contingency plan uh, has that been discussed if if a series is not played is there 
is there some room to maybe try to, to, to push things back? Or what are you hearing from the conference as far as if, if dates, God forbid, are not, be able to, are not able to be played this year for whatever reason? Yeah, we just haven't gotten that far. The one thing we have said is if you know East Carolina was scheduled to play uh, a conference opponent, the conference opponent could not come play us because of COVID protocol that we can look and try to play somebody else that weekend, even though it would not be uh, a conference right. uh, team. Okay, I got you. Uh, Coach Godwin uh, with us uh, here. Uh, Coach, how's the conference stacking up? It's one of the toughest uh, in the uh, nation. Probably doesn't get its due nationally. I think that is starting to change a little bit. But uh, what are you looking at out of the American this year? To be one of the best baseball conferences in the country, you know, to be in the top four for sure, if not the top three. Um, Just look at what our conference has done historically in the RPI. Um, It's going to be tough. And if you show up and play bad, you're definitely going to get beat. If you show up and play pretty good, you're probably going to get beat. So you need to show up every day to play your best baseball because it's a really hard conference. Yeah. Uh, Pirates have their first uh, three of their first four conference series uh, at home. Uh, that'll all start in uh, April. And as uh, Coach Godwin mentioned, that's when the uh, four games in three days uh, kicks in for uh, the American schedule with no midweek uh, games, so it's a uh, it's it's a uh, it's an interesting season. Twenty twenty one is is certainly going to be, uh, Coach. Uh, we'll we'll get into some more details about uh, the team and guys, but as we sit here today, kind of what are you what are you looking for out of this bunch, and what do you plan to work on in the next month? Just for our guys not to to get complacent, and you know it, it's very easy when you come back for Christmas. It the season seems very close, but to take care of their business day to day and continue to focus on the process and, you know, just really execute their process, their individual process, our team processes at a very high level. If we can stay disciplined to that, then we don't have to worry about who we're playing. And that's the thing we preach to our team all the time is we're not playing an opponent, we're playing ourselves and we're mm-hmm. playing the game. And if we go out there and do our job and play to the best of our ability, the wins and losses are going to take care of themselves. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of excitement, too, and you've alluded to this here. If you could expand on it a little more, I mean, these uh, these uh, members of the Pirate Baseball Program last year unfortunately had uh, the season end uh, early, uh, and but, but nothing of their doing. I mean, none of their control. I, I have to imagine this group is, is kind of fired up and ready to get back onto the field uh, collectively because of of the way 2020 ended for them? Well, this fall is one of the best falls we've ever had, uh, just the way our guys went about their business. And, of course, it was a little bit different. And when we first started, guys were dressing out of dugouts like we were in high school and they didn't care. (laughs) Right, yeah. uh, That's pretty cool. You know, when you get back down to the grassroots of these guys have, when I say been spoiled, they've earned it. But, you know, they don't care if they have a locker room. They don't care if they got a change in the dugout. And, our guys never missed a beat and did it. And as I have told them pretty much weekly, every single one of us is going to be inconvenienced in some capacity. And it's, it is what it is. Throw out your political beliefs about wearing a mask or whatever in the day. If we want to keep our bubble tight and not get dinged with contact tracing, wear your mask. And yeah. so guys have done a pretty good job of that. For you and your staff, what have been the biggest challenges uh, since the fall to, to today? Just when guys get in quarantine to keep those guys mentally um, positive. Um, as you can imagine, if you're a freshman and you get locked in a room basically and you can't go outside, 
for 10 days. Man, that's tough. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, uh, of course, I want to keep people safe, but just the fact that you can't walk outside your, your dorm building, um, your fob won't let you back in. That's just the tough pill to swallow yeah. for an and especially being away from home for the first time. So FaceTiming a lot, Zoom calls a lot, of course, but just really um, keeping our guys positive if they do get into a, a quarantine situation. Yeah, I, and and the thing about you, I know how you feel about your players and how you feel about uh, everybody involved in your program. Uh, and uh, I, I think people can hear in your comments, especially these last couple of comments, uh, just how strongly uh, – uh, you feel for these guys that uh, do get caught up in the in the quarantine, but also how much pride you have in in what they've accomplished. You know, as we we look ahead here, coach, um, and you talk to you know Elliot Avent or other coaches within the league um, and around the country and other you know that aren't even on the pirate schedule or uh, for the, for this year. How confident collectively are the coaches that uh, we'll be able to get this thing? all the way to, to Omaha this year. What, what's the general feeling you're hearing from folks? I don't know, Patrick. I don't ask that question. I, I focus on what we're doing here at East Carolina, and I don't get on social media as much because there's too much negative stuff. I don't watch the news. I stay in my little world, so uh, that's probably not a good question for me to answer because I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't talk to people about it because I'm going to keep moving forward until they tell us we can't play anymore. Yeah. Got you. Hey, uh, great to talk to you. I appreciate uh, the candor and uh, the time, as always. Enjoy uh, when we get a chance to speak with you. And uh, it's been a bit, but we'll be uh, picking up the uh, frequency of uh, conversations hopefully soon. And uh, anything we can do or uh, put out there and let uh, Pirate Nation know, please let us know. We're happy to do it, as always. Well, just that we have a virtual banquet coming up, and uh, you know it's the time for anyone who wants to support the baseball program directly. Uh, we're putting a lot of stuff out there on social media, and it all goes towards our program. So um, our guys benefit it, benefit from it tremendously, and uh, we just appreciate everyone's support and go Pirates. Coach, that's right around the corner. Give us the dates on that, and again, it's going to be virtual this year, right? Yeah, that's correct. So it's uh, February 13th. It's the weekend before the season starts, and uh, it will be virtual. Uh, we'll have a silent auction like we always have. Uh, the silent auction actually will run for a week, and It'll be run through a hand bid app, but all the stuff is online. We put it out on social media, Twitter, my Facebook account, also EC Baseball Instagram. So if you have any questions, you also can email me or Blake Hardigree, our director of player development. Hey, Cliff, thank you for the time. Always great to catch up with you. Thanks, Patrick. All right, there he is, Cliff Godwin, Pirate Baseball. Uh, one month from tomorrow, Rhode Island. Pre-game home set. Uh, always great to catch up with Co- Coach Godwin. Again, uh, the virtual banquet, that's always a popular event. It'll be coming your way uh, on the 13th this year. Virtually. All right. Uh, hey, very excited. Uh, we announced it at the top of the hour. We've got coverage uh, both on our uh, 94.3 The Game and 1037 WTIB Facebook pages tomorrow, live video of the match between Rose and Conley Volleyball. We'll be bringing it to you. Also, the audio here on 94.3 The Game. Thanks to our great sponsors, Bayer Crop Science, Bill Jenkins at Town Benefits, Dr. Bill Taft at Greenville OBGYN, Chick-fil-A of Winterville, Orthopedics East, Chico's Mexican Restaurant, 
and Josh May at OnQ Financial. Still room for more sponsors, so contact us here at the station or Hank Kenton, Hank at IBXmedia.com if you want to be a part of uh, this. There's not, you can't get into this thing tomorrow, folks. The only way you're going to be able to see it uh, through our Facebook page or hear it here on 94.3 The Game. Thanks to Ben Byram. Also, great to have DJ Squirrelbot back. Thanks to Cliff Godwin also. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Joe Dooley Show. Next, we'll be at Conley tomorrow broadcasting the show.